So, so 1.2 million income is, you know, is is certainly not not an exaggeration. You know, if you went to another festival, what would you spend on a ticket? 120 pounds, but you come in, it's cost you. Well, it's cost you nothing, but it's cost the gathering of money two pound fifty for you to be able to attend a festival that takes place all weekend. Welcome to the Morecambe Bay podcast with Nigel Thompson. Lauren Zawadzki and Wayne Hemingway join us on this edition of the podcast with final preparations for the return of Morecambe's Vintage by the Sea Festival well underway. As you'll hear, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And it certainly came as a surprise to me just how much it means to Morecambe and the other benefits the event brings. So, after the pandemic, how hard has it been to recreate such a diverse, free event? In some senses, you know, we're so glad that we know how it works, we know how popular it is, we know people come, we know people love it. I suppose the biggest challenge in terms of pandemic and bringing something back is just understanding what the landscape of our industry is like and food traders don't exist anymore or, you know, concessions or, you know, just production teams that we've known have known the festival so well now are doing a completely different job or that business doesn't exist anymore. So in terms of just our work in the industry as a whole, it does definitely feel like we're starting from fresh or we're just kind of back new to the industry because our trusted suppliers aren't maybe the same people anymore. But at the same time, people are very enthusiastic and excited and maybe there's more kind of buzz around knowing that something's going to happen and, uh, and and bringing something back in that way. There's a lot more excitement, I guess, locally what, that we're feeling. Whilst it's called Vintage by the Sea, I think you have to remember it's got by the sea by it. it, it it's a... It, it's not just a, a nostalgia fest. When I'm thinking about coming to it, you know, because as well as well as it being hard work for everybody, you know, it's seeing people, seeing, you know, seeing 40,000 people enjoying themselves, you know, is, is important. It, it gives you a kick as well. It's, you know, it's why we do what we do. There'll be more people there who are enjoying the fact that they're in an amazing location. You know, there's, the, you can't take that away from Morecambe Bay. You know, you, the people people come there. You know, it gives them another reason to come and enjoy those views across the bay. It gives them a, it gives them a you know multitude of reasons to come and enjoy those views across the bay, to enjoy the beach, to enjoy the promenade, to enjoy the fresh air, to enjoy for many people an overnight stay away away from home. The majority of people are are not thinking of it. They're not they're not dressing up in in um, in vintage clothes or or you know or vintage style they're probably not even thinking about that this is about about nostalgia they're and they're enjoying being with people who are smiling they're enjoying hearing music they're enjoying being in crowds they're enjoying taking place in workshops many of them are just traditional crafts you know that whether whether they've been going for 50 years 100 years or whether they're new it doesn't it doesn't make a difference i think that, that what you know what i'm saying is that festivals are important you know what whatever whatever the, the subject matter the subject matter this subject matter of vintage works for Morecambe because you know hanging it around the the, the midland hotel and, and and whether it's an urban myth or not you know the story the story of coco chanel visiting it and you know so there's that fashion link and this is and vintage is about vintage fashion so yes the, but the main thing is to create an event that people enjoy coming to that works in a location. It's nine years since we started this now, isn't it, Lauren? I suppose the important thing is, is that whatever we do, wherever we work, whether it's with Wayne or whether it's a Deco Public project or whether Hemingway is a Hemingway design project, the thing that both of our organisations are passionate about and interested in is that whatever we do, it responds to that place. Mm. And we wouldn't do 
this if it didn't feel right for Morecambe in the same way that we wouldn't do our work if it didn't feel right. So like Wayne says, obviously we've got the Midland Hotel, we've got the Winter Gardens, we've got the nostalgia of people coming from Bradford or or Blackburn or, you know, the Wakes Weeks holidays. The whole idea of Vintage by the Sea taking place in Morecambe is because it fits Morecambe and there is obviously vintage programming, there's vintage cars, but there's lots of kind of contemporary aspects of programming or things that you can do, which look at Morecambe as it is now, but but remember what it was like, you know, before. And I think that's that's why we're not necessarily like Wayne says, it's not just about it being a nostalgia fest. There's lots of things that look at the future of Morecambe through Vintage by the Sea. And I think what we want to do is use Morecambe's assets to make this festival work. And, and that's why Vintage by the Sea is so successful and the stories of Morecambe and the place that Morecambe is. I think the other thing to, to always bear in mind, and I think a lot of people don't don't understand this, is that towns that are successful often have free events that, that become nationally known and become associated with them. And, and, the re- and, and, and if we were to say the main reason we do, we do this event, it is about place marketing. It is about Morecambe being known as a place that, d- that does, r- does things really, really well. Glastonbury is known as a place bec- because of its festival. You, you probably, the, probably the first thing that people think about Reading is the Reading Festival. Now, these festivals are really absolutely vital to the well-being and, and they're, they're they're one of the most cost-effective ways of marketing of marketing a place. Vintage by the Sea is not just about that weekend that you know the the, the Saturday and the Sunday that the event takes place. It, it's about people talking about Morecambe and sometimes visiting it for the first time and then thinking, well, actually, you know, this is this is a lovely place. I'll come another time. Or people who never come to the festival, but but hear about the festival and then one day, you know, in the future might say, yeah, well, I've heard of Morecambe. It has that festival there. So that that's what ultimately it, it, it's about regeneration it's about place marketing it's about the brand of Morecambe the people the places the bay this is the Morecambe Bay podcast still to come so we're, we're both very passionate about the story of Morecambe and how it can evolve you know it's not just throwing something together and hiring a few stilt walkers and and, 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 a, and a merry-go-round or something like a lot of festivals are this this is this means things to people it's all about the Bay, the Morecambe Bay podcast. The, the programming is not um, old people doing tea dancing. You know, there's an, ele- there's an element of that. Uh, there has to be, because it has to be inclusive for everybody. But the, the reason why on, 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 sat- on Saturday night uh, people have, you know, there's, there's proper dancing, proper, well, uh, what, what is proper dancing? You know, this year it's Dave Haslam, um, you know, from Hacienda, um, headlining in, 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 in the big top. Uh, at the same time, you know, the reason why we've got a double-decker bus playing music and, and street food, forward-thinking fashion coming out of a craft market, is because it's important that it's not just focusing on the 1940s and the 1950s, and, and then that would just focus on people who understand the 1940s and the 50s. So this has got to have things for, for, for all ages, from, from, from workshops, which it does have, from workshops for toddlers, to you know, for, for, for coming out of toddlers, uh, to, to being able to enjoy yourself as a as a as a pensioner. I think um, I think to know that I mean we've actually got it like on paper written to, from uh, Eden International from David Harlan for him to say vintage of festival was one of the things that made Eden feel attracted to this area. You know that that's like Wayne says it's there are other festivals that that celebrate 
the nostalgia and the but it's all for us it's always been around putting Morecambe on the map it's always been about encouraging people to realize that Morecambe's got something to offer that uh that maybe they might not get if they live somewhere else I think you know we're all seeing people migrating from cities more than ever um thanks to Covid or not thanks to Covid however you want to look at it but we've got such anecdotal evidence incredible stories from people where they've said we came to the festival and we've bought a house in Morecambe and now we live here wow. or we, we came to the festival for the weekend and we were on the train home on right move deciding that we were putting our house on the market wow. so it's always about the bigger picture for us yes it's great to kind of put the festival on yes it's great to see 40,000 people dancing and enjoying themselves it's brilliant to bring a different crowd to what might be a normal uh, vintage festival because we definitely do do that but the, the stories of people moving here or setting up businesses or deciding to go back to university and study something those those are the kind of gems of successes for us I think and um I'm sure I'm sure other festivals have similar stories but for us it's, it has always been about Morecambe Wayne is obviously was obviously born here my family had it's not a too dissimilar story to Wayne in that they were ran bed and breakfasts in the West End. So we're, we're both very passionate about the story of Morecambe and how it can evolve, what it was like in obviously the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, but also what it's like now and, and what the future of it's like too. That's good to hear. I think also, is it fair to say that you're trying to make sure that this isn't an event in isolation? There are other events or moments happening throughout the year. I think of the, of the fantastic artwork, the mural on the side of a, of a building on Sunderland's Provard, you know, which is it's yeah. forever appearing on my Instagram feed because people get <laughs> pictures of it. It's great, you know, but that seemed to come from nowhere. But it's, it, it's that, an attraction. Yeah, that, I mean, that was a, a response to vintage not being able to happen um, last year. No, the year before we did that one. So as, as an arts organisation... Uh, in Morecambe it's we can't stand still and you know we did our best to navigate our way through times when vintage couldn't happen and arts programming couldn't happen in Morecambe but like you say that we're always trying to use the work that we're doing to kind of put Morecambe on a pedestal and it was great to see that mural that you're talking about in the Guardian in the National Guardian when festivals weren't happening we were still using the vehicle of the funding that that we do receive and the arts funding that we do work hard to achieve through Arts Council to make sure that other work happens. Um, and we've recently done an exhibition in Bruciani's Cafe um, called Destination Morecambe with an incredible photographer called David Stewart. Um, he's of you know, international acclaim and he was originally from this area. He actually used to photograph people on Morecambe Promenade in the late 70s with the um, monkey Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. the, the, the tourists who used to come, obviously, you know, we definitely wouldn't be doing that now, but the tourists used to come and have their photograph taken. I've got, a little... I've got a picture with that monkey. Really? I have. I've, I've got a picture I, with it. I have. Me yeah. and my brother, I'm in a pram and the monkey is on my brother's shoulder. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've this, got one with a monkey on my shoulder. So <laughs> this photographer, David Stewart, has gone on to, to do much... Uh, much um, more exciting things than, than monkeys on well maybe that isn't more exciting but anyway he's come back to Morecambe he's photographed 12 people um who aren't originally from Morecambe we've captured their incredible stories we've made a publication the exhibition is in Bruciani's it will be part of the vintage festival program but it's also gained a lot of kind of 
uh, regional and national press and it surrounds the festival program so yeah that this essentially the, the program is always elongating whether it's that we're working in care homes and we're taking content to people who can't access the festival whether it's painting a mural because nobody can come to a festival or whether it's starting this journey of telling people st uh, vintage stories in Morecambe but it being part of the festival weekend it's something we're passionate about. I think one of the editions of the Morgan Bay podcast, maybe a year ago, actually, I did a piece about the people who put those fantastic murals and, and, and artworks on the side of the blue hoardings where the Frontierlands mm. used to be. And every time I go yeah. past, there's one adding. And it just shows, doesn't it, that, you know, Morecambe is quite an arty town. You know, there are people here who yeah. are passionate about their crafts and the fact, the fact that they use different, you know, mixed media, as they call it, you know, it looks brilliant. They actually love it. I've spoken to them about it. We have a really incredible partnership with, Lancaster uh, Lancaster Council and uh, you know they're very supportive of Vintage Festival and and, and the work of, of Wayne and what and Deco Public as a whole but yeah I know that um, there was a question over whether they could be there those those in I love the fact that every single one is somebody else so it's not an artistic it's not an artist collective it's not um, an organization that's come it's you know it's it's the people of Morecambe and the people who are hobbyist artists or professional artists there's no kind of hierarchy of, well, yours, you're better than you're a better artist than me, or I'm professional and you're not. Everybody has had a go at making a site that has obviously been a difficult space for Morecambe for, for a, a long time. I mean, I, I'm trying to think how many years it is now, but it, it's, it's probably yes, yeah. been there as long as vintage has been happening. So yeah. to think that that space has now been entirely populated by a bigger statement than the hoardings, that's for sure. So go on and give us a, a bit of a hint, perhaps for the future. What what are your future plans? Have you anything you can reveal to us that you're looking forward to for next year? I guess funding is still an issue. Is that is that the case? Trying to get support. Wayne's very good at telling this uh, this this side of the. Yeah, yeah I mean, Morecambe's not full of places that not full of businesses that have got uh, a lot of free cash to sponsor, uh, and so we haven't been, you know, compared to a lot of other events that we do around the UK. Are, are the money that we're getting from um, from sponsorship is 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 much smaller, you know. It's not. I don't think it's a rich town in terms of cash available from councils. So compared to every other event that we, every other every other free event that we do around the UK that brings in the kind of numbers and the and uh, we'll come on in a minute to the kind of profit in inverted commas that it brings to the town. We receive uh, by far the smallest amount from the council from the town council. So in in that respect, it, it's it's the hardest event financially to make work that we that we do and we do a lot of events and you know and, and again bear in mind that these events when you start to look at what people get paid because we have to you have to do that you know yeah the Morecambe event there's so little money in it that people are being paid it, you know they're doing it too many people are doing it for the love of it we can't be sure that this that this event you know can continue ad infinitum because there's, there's only so long you can keep doing things and putting your hand in your pocket. Yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult one. But the, the fact is that every year, as we do with every single event, we get an economic impact, and the economic impact is not something that's just plucked out of the air and just saying, oh well, this uh, this event brings X amount into the town. It's reasonably forensically or scientifically done, you know, through formulas and through looking at. That, that how, how much people spend and and look at, and looking at you know the, the, the bed spaces and, and the money that comes into the town that way and the parking and 
And I don't, I don't, I can't remember, Lauren. What was the, what was, what was 2019? The economic impact. Can you remember? Can you remember what it yeah, was? Yeah, it's 1.2 million pound in 2019. And you know, as Wayne says, it this isn't a number we just. It's, it's a formula, and it's, and it's done by external people, and we gather data, and we ask people questions on surveys, and. You know, it's a really, really powerful figure to know that. Yeah, we we can see how much is spent uh, in the Midland. You know, we we people tell it. You know, we get we get the figures, and and they're probably and probably for a lot of people, they they, they don't exaggerate. They're more likely to undercut them. So so one point two million income is is certainly not not an exaggeration. Uh, and 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 that's you know that's a significant amount of money to come into a town over a two day period. And 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 the money that we get to put it on, are we allowed to say that? Lauren or not? Um, yeah, the, yeah, we definitely can. The festival costs around about £90,000 to put on, which, you know, some people might think that's a lot of money. But if you think about how many people come, say 40,000 people come, that's... Well, what, there's what, a quick calculation, isn't there? 90, 1.2 a little bit more than 90,000. And that 90,000 <laughs> doesn't come from the pockets of, of people in Morecambe. You know, that's match funding from things like the Arts Council, you know, and, and from some national bodies as well. So it, 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 that's not 90,000 pounds that will go to fixing potholes and, and cleaning toilets either. And, it, and it's 90,000 pounds that, as Wayne says, is also brought in from grant funding and, and, and you know, external trusts and foundations. So that's that's also money that's coming into Morecambe. So if you if you take the 1.2 million and you add 90,000 on, you know, you're bringing that money investment into Morecambe to make something happen. A single marquee costs £4,000 by the time you've put it up and made it safe and brought in the generator that's needed for it, which is another, you know, few hundred pounds. And then the staffing and all those kinds of things to make sure that everyone's safe and has a good time and the road's closed. And you start to add up that it's a pretty it's a pretty good investment for a lot of return. I don't know, Lauren can answer this one again. I, I don't know how political with a small P I can be, but so you, you can stop me before. I'm not going to say anything until I'm going to ask you now. I mean, can I say what other councils put into to other events that we do, like First Light in Lower Stoft in a town roughly not that dissimilar to Morecambe, to other towns like Redcar? I think it's fair to say that obviously we work in this festival field and it's not just our festival, so... So we're, we're involved in another festival in Blackburn. Wayne is obviously involved in festivals nationally. But aside of that, we are in so many networks of festivals that aren't run by us and that they're run by other organisations. But I guess the principle is the same, that they're a free festival that takes place in a place and, and people attend. So if you just take that kind of model and they're of national significance like Vintage by the Sea is so... When you look yes. at those pockets and those people, it is very fair to say that it would be reasonable to think that the majority of them, their budget is probably at least double, if not triple, and then well, some of them go ten times as much. So yes, the average is about five times more. But the difference is, is that you know, in a lot of other towns, we're we're working with you know, they're they're looking at the economic impact and and doing you know and, and working out the cost benefits, but. Really, that's not something that Morecambe has done very, very well. I think I think it's also that it's not five times the amount that then starts to go to the organisers or the, you know, it, it's five times that goes into more content or more production or more activities or, you know, that it, it might be that we'd started to do more into the evening. But the budget, it just isn't currently there for this festival. 
But that said, we're totally proud of what we do achieve. Well, listen, I wish you both all the very best for this coming weekend. I say seriously, I've, I've seen them. I'm very seriously looking at volunteering because why not? <laughs> ringside Me seat too. to a, <laughs> the temptation of the T-shirt and a ringside seat to a fantastic <laughs> event, I think is very, very strong. But listen, both thanks very much for your time to talk to right. the more podcast. Yeah. I'm grateful for your uh, insight into the, what goes on in running the event as well. I think I'm sure people just rock up and think it, this is just kind of just happens. This must be a year long kind of undertaking. Is that is that right to plan it and, and make sure things insured and legal and fine? I mean, that ninety thousand pound doesn't come from nowhere. So it is a, it is a year long process of applying, securing funding, securing sponsorship, working with partners, the Midland Hotel, the bid. It, there's a lot of people that put a lot of money and time and effort into into making this happen. And uh, yeah, it, it is definitely yeah, a year long conversation. It's also more than it's also more than a year in that, in that it's decades of experience and knowledge to put them on to put something on that is as engaging, professional, uh, and meaningful as as an event like this. You know, it's not just throwing something together and hiring a few stilt walkers and and and, and, a, and a merry-go-round or something like a lot of festivals are. This this means things to people, and and people come and they feel wow 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 look at that look at that look at that and it all hangs together mm-hmm. and that curation and getting the production right and getting and obviously then getting all the safety stuff right that's embedded learning of of many many years from from a you know from deco and Hemingway Design and, and everybody else involved. I bet you still get people come up to say I haven't seen you since school Wayne you haven't changed the bit. I have I've lost my hair but I might find it on the beach this time you never know. <laughs> Lauren Zawadzki and Wayne Hemingway. There are more details about Vintage by the Sea in the Morgan Bay podcast show notes. This is Nigel Thompson. Thanks very much for listening. Subscribe and share details of the podcast that's all about the bay.